Welcome to the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast, where we help you establish yourself in the perfect micro niche so you will get noticed and grow your business faster. And now your host. His last episode of every season of every podcast he produced always includes something personal and vulnerable about him. Zeev Raviv. Hello and welcome to the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast, where we talk every week with someone that was able to identify a specific need, go into a micro niche and actually get results. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Tina Larson from New York. Tina is the co-founder of the Falsen Group uh, in the falsengroup.com. And they chose to solve a very, very specific problem and kind of take the idea of like the McKenzie company where they go into a business and help them save money, usually huge businesses. And they said, no, we will help people save money, but specifically in New York for co-ops and condo boards. This is like a very unique, different approach. Hello, Tina. Hello, Ziv. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. It's really fun to talk with people that help other people save money. Like this is such a, a great idea from the get-go to create value for people, right? It's so easy to be paid after you saved people, you created a change in their life. But tell me a little bit about what does it actually mean? What is a co-op? What is a condo board in case someone doesn't really know? Okay. So a co-op or condo board, it can also, sometimes it's also called a homeowner's association. So it depends on where it's located. It's basically an organization where you don't rent an apartment, you own the apartment in different forms. So you own an apartment and then what you do, just like a government, you elect a few individuals who live there and own there and they represent the rest of the owners. So those little group of people, they're called boards, co-op or condo or homeowners association boards. And they're the ones who are basically running the show. So they get paid from the, the people that live in that location? No, they are not paid. They are unpaid volunteers. So they're spending, I mean, they're volunteering. So it's their time. But I have not seen that anyone has been paid. It's possible that in other places, in other parts of the world, that they are being paid. But in New York City, they're not being paid. They're actually oh. not allowed to be paid. Oh, nice, nice. So basically, they, they choose to, because they live there and they want their place to be clean and well-maintained and maybe even awesome for their families, then they volunteer to help. And they basically are running like an entire operation of a budget. Sometimes, like, how big is the budget? What type so, of budgets are we talking about? Yeah, so it depends on the size of the building, of course. But, and the, how the quality of building also. But typically, it's two to five million dollars a year. That's a lot. So, is there yeah. like how much of a saving can you bring to the table to an average client if you can share? Yes, we can. So, typically, we work primarily with old buildings who have normally old systems. So they have an old elevator that was installed when they built it in 1900 or elevators from when they built it in 1957 or something like that. So they have very, very old system. And that's where there's most 
needs for upgrades. And that's where we save the most. And when in those cases, we typically save them 5 to 10% of their annual budget. Nice. So how do you actually chose to go into this uh, specific niche? <laughs> that's a fun one. So both my partner and I, we come from a Wall Street background. At Wall Street, I was a business, or we were both, but I was a business analyst and I analyzed income statements and balance sheets for the sole purpose of investing my clients' money in the best in stock, uh, in the best stocks, in the best companies. So when my partner got elected to his co-op board, he basically said, you're a good analyst. Why don't you look at these numbers and see if we can save any money? <laughs> So I looked at that financial and I went, well, how do I do this? I mean, I, the only way to do it is the way that I, I'm used to from Wall Street, which is I need other comparisons. So I went out pretending to be a buyer and I got a bunch of financial statements for other buildings. And then I put together a benchmark. And that benchmark is what we have used and expanded upon ever since. Yeah. So you found out basically from a need for helping your partner that you can save money for, the, yes. for, for that specific co-op. That, for that building, we saved 340000 in the first three years. Wow. Wow. That's dollars. Uh, <laughs> so you've decided to try and help with those skills or those analytic skills and help other co-ops, other condo boards, other boards. But how hard was it to get your next deal after proving that there's a concept here. Okay, so it, was, it took a while. It was hard only because we thought that property managers, so there's a third-party property manager who is typically representing the build, who is hired by the board and who represents and work with the building on keeping it updated. But their, their motive is very different from ours. So their motive is to spend, have as many buildings as possible, to manage as many buildings as possible. That's how they increase their profit margins. And that is maybe not in alignment with the, the goal of a board. So the first one, we had so much resistance from property managers. But once we started getting going and understood that we really need to target co-op and condo boards, they are the ones who are hiring us. Then it started picking up. And then, of course, like with any new business, it takes a while. But here we are. So you actually started with a bigger niche, right? Because in the beginning, you could have helped uh, you know, program project managers and like people that actually are running. They have an interest to use their money within their uh, own uh, complex of services. And they didn't, have the, the, they didn't uh, cooperate with you. And then you went like more to this, I guess, smaller groups, smaller boards, more independent boards. And uh, how long did it take you once you figured out that you need to go narrow? How long did it take you to secure your first client? Two years. Wow. What do you do in yes. two years time? Well, we were... So in the beginning, when we started our business, we were still working on Wall Street. So we had... Mm. That was our primary, yes. So that was our primary business at the time. And it was not until a little later that it switched. So now this is our primary business and has been for a few years. Yeah. So if I may ask, so like these days, in like in a good year, how many projects can you actually do? 
So right now we are doing about six clients per year, six projects per year. Mm -hmm. Nice. But we still have enough resources to take on a few more per year at this level. I mean, we can always hire people and take on more, but at this level, we're at a good level. We can take on a few more. Awesome. So I want to ask you, what type of marketing does a business like yours need to do to actually get new clients? So we have actually gotten a lot of referrals lately from LinkedIn. Nice. Yes. So during the pandemic, when they shut our economy down in March or whatever it was of 2020, the first thing that I did was that I hired an executive or a marketing coach, a coach that helps you grow your business. And the first thing that she said to me, she said, you need to be more active on LinkedIn. And I said, how do I do that? She said, you have to hire a LinkedIn coach. (laughs) So I hired a LinkedIn coach and we rolled off that program in September last year. And now majority of our business comes from LinkedIn. That is so cool. You found (laughs) your tunnel, like your marketing tunnel for growing. And this is really nice. You save people money, but how do you get paid? Is it a percentage? Is it like a fixed fee? It is a percentage. So for majority of our clients, it's a percentage. We share the savings with them, but we also have an arm and that was developed because of popular demand. So we have some clients who did not have anything to compare to and they didn't feel that their property manager had enough bandwidth to actually go out and get bids. So if they have nothing, there's no savings, right? So then in those cases, we also have a percent. So it's a certain percent based on the the cost of the project. I see. So it's a case by case uh, according to the the client's needs, really. And like once they start working with you, how long do they stay with you? Forever. Or as long as they want to, because there's always upgrades that are needed for buildings. I was just contacted by one condo board today, this morning, who we haven't worked with them actively because we worked for them for two years. We implemented all the savings that we could find at the time for ongoing operating costs. Right now, they have a leak and they need urgent help. So they reached out to us again. So we're kind of just in the background whenever they need us after we've done the initial assessment and can't find. We basically, when they hire us first, we start going through line by line and we try to find as many savings as we possibly can find. But at some point we'll run out because there's only 150 line items on the operating side. But when it comes to the project side, there are always projects that come up. Does this mean you actually do hiring for them so that you could find alternative suppliers of services of sorts? Absolutely. Absolutely. In some cases, it's alternative, just like you said, alternative services. In some cases, it's just switching from one phone company to the next. In some cases, it's renegotiating what is already there. Oh, let me tell you. Do you want to hear a good story? I do. Yeah. So we had a large co-op who was replacing three elevators. They already had something called an elevator consultant, which is very common because they are very specialized in understanding what's, they know the entire elevator industry. 
they had gone out and had three different bids. The lowest bidder came in at $750,000. My partner, I can't take credit in this case. He's the negotiator. He negotiated, renegotiated with his same, for the same scope, he renegotiated down to $504,000. But listen to this one, with the same vendor. And when he said, how come you didn't give us this price to begin with? And they said, well, you didn't ask. Or nobody asked. He said, nobody asked. Yeah. While you were talking, I was thinking like, oh man, these people, they know how to negotiate. <laughs> and that's the micro skill that you like, you have to excel in to choose to help in something like that, as well as analyzing and realizing what might be the direction, of course. This is all really interesting. and. I want to like say that it's really fun to see someone that is flourishing by like being really good at what they do and being very specific in, in what they do and even being innovative because solving people's problems and, and like actually saving them a shitload of money, that is noble. And I really like what you're doing with your partner with that. It's really cool. Is there anything people can go to or do in order to learn more about what you do? So we have a website, of course. It's the Folson Group, and that's F-O-L-S-O-N. A lot of people mistake it for Folsom, you know, like Johnny yeah. Cash. So it's the Folsom Group. We also have free tools on our website. We have a free tools with best, best practices that you can get straight to your inbox. Uh, just put in your name and your email address and we'll provide, send it to you. And there's one for policies and procedures. There's one for facade repairs, which is a, something that's very reoccurring in New York. And it's a very big cost for buildings. And it's also energy efficiency upgrades. So I would love to for you, anyone to contact me through there. And I'm very active on LinkedIn. Follow me on LinkedIn. <laughs> so we will actually put in the show notes, both the website link for the tools and your LinkedIn profile, because I think that, guys, even if you're just not in New York, but just interested to see uh, like uh, what the Folsom Group are all about and how they manage to get what they to do what they do, I think that will be good for you to check it out. Personally, I'm really impressed by the operations. It is it just is impressive. I want to thank you, Tina Larson, for taking the time and sharing with us your success story. And I want to thank you guys for listening for another episode of the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast. Thank you so much, Steve. Steve. This show was brought to you by dailycookie.co, where you can finally feel supported. Daily email love, now delegatable. Visit dailycookie.co for a collection of free resources on how to use copywriting and daily emails to grow your micro niche business today.